Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. All right, I, uh, I'm talking about our timeline, and so I thought I'd do a little, uh, little object lesson. Okay, this is the young Jesus. Is this not a handsome young Jesus right here? It's, man, mom's clapping, right? All right, uh, this is the birth of Christ right here, and we know that between the birth of Christ and the cross was about 32 years. So there's a 32-year gap in here from the time Jesus was born till he died on the cross and paid for my sins and your sins, and then you and I live after the cross, okay? And so after the cross then would be the rapture, and that's somewhere in here. Right here's the second coming based on the timeline, okay? So this was... 32 years, then uh, from the cross to now has been about 2,000 years, and we don't know where we fit in here, but the next thing that's going to happen is going to be the rapture of the church. That word means to be caught up, to be caught away, and then after we all go home and be with Jesus and we're caught up in the air, now I'm going to read the scripture to you in just a minute. Then after that is seven years, okay? And the Bible calls it the tribulation. There's an old end time teacher who called it God's master performance. And God's going to do a lot of different things after he takes the church out. Then in that seven-year period, then there's going to be the second coming of Christ. And that's where Jesus is going to come. And he's going to come back with us. And he's going to be on a white stallion. And he's going to land on the Mount of Olives. And that Mount of Olives is going to split in half. And half of it is going to fall into the ocean. And he's going to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. Then the Bible says in Revelation that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And Jesus will rule and reign for a thousand-year reign on the earth. The Bible calls it the millennial reign of Christ. Then you and I will be here. So this is the timeline. So if this is the rapture, you and I live somewhere in between this right here. And we don't know how close we are. If Jesus, if we're really close to the coming, coming of Christ or if we're maybe back a little ways from it. But the Bible says that we're supposed to live every day like Jesus is coming, Right? Okay, I'm supposed to live today like it could be my last, but then it's okay to plan and have plans of what we're going to do. But you and I are after the cross and before the rapture. We live in the sweet spot. Can you imagine what it was like to live before the cross? Can you imagine? Well, we live after the cross. The Bible calls it the age of grace. You know what that means? That means the earth doesn't swallow you up and send you to hell. That's what the age of grace is. Remember when the Mount Sinai, when Moses was there, the earth opened up and swallowed him. Well, we don't live in that anymore. We live in the age of grace. So somewhere in there, Jesus is going to come. Now, let me read to you. Do you all mind staying up here for a minute? All right. Listen to this. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. That's right here, the rapture. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, what were they doing? Well, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. 
and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. Watch, therefore. Here's the warning. Watch. Watch. Pay attention. For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now, you're not supposed to do that in fear. No, it doesn't mean to be afraid. It just means to be alert, to be wise. Hey, I want to be a good steward of what God's given me to do. Because you don't know when he's coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you should be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. All right, y'all can be seated. Thank you so much. Thanks, baby Jesus. Or teenage Jesus, amen? <laughs> teenage Jesus. All right, now here's what I want you to see about what we read last week. Things aren't getting worse. The day Jesus comes, the day Jesus comes will be an ordinary, normal day. If it's Friday in the fall in Texas, we'll be at a football game. Amen? Amen. If it's winter in Texas, we may be at a basketball game. Right now, the men are in harvest, and they're cutting silage today. It says one will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. It's talking about the rapture. So the point last week was, when Jesus comes, it's going to be normal and ordinary. Listen, you have a future in Christ your children have a future. Your grandchildren have a future. Have you ever heard anybody say, I don't know if I should have a baby because things aren't good. No, it's going to be okay. Have a baby. Well, I don't know if I should send my children to school. I don't know if it's safe. No, it's safe. Send them. Well, I, you know, I don't know if we ought to go to the mall or go to the movie or, you know, I don't know what, I, I'm, I'm afraid. Well, you don't have to be afraid because it's going to be a normal everyday day just like it was on the day of Noah, when it began to rain. Listen, the day Jesus comes, somebody will be getting married. Somebody will be on the way to the hospital to have a baby. Somebody will be going to work. Somebody will be in bed asleep. We'll, it'll be a normal, ordinary day. It's not like it's going to be bad and we're going to have to be out hiding somewhere because something bad has happened and we don't know what's going to happen and we're all waiting for Jesus to come. It's not going to be like that. Listen, you and I have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says we have a good future. You have a good future. God has a plan for you and it's a good plan. Amen? Now, let me read you the next verse I want to read to you this morning. I'm going to read out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm going to read 13 through 18, the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Listen, as Christians, when our loved ones die who know Christ, we're supposed to have hope. You see, the world doesn't have any hope. The world doesn't have any answers. And Paul said, if Christianity is only good for this life, then we're of people with no hope. But we know it's not good just for this life. It's good for the next life. And the scripture says right here, I want you to know what happened to those people. Listen, for since we believe Jesus died and was raised to life again, you believe that, right? That makes you a Christian. We also believe that Jesus will return. You believe that? 
Amen. He's going to return. God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who've died. For the Lord himself will come from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who've died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. Everybody say forever. Forever. We're going to be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Listen, I want you to be encouraged this morning. Now let me tell you what that's talking about. It's talking about the rapture. Then after the rapture, seven years later, is the second coming. He says he's going to bring with him from heaven those who've already died. My mother and father are in heaven. How many of you have a loved one in heaven? Okay, we've all got loved ones in heaven, don't we? And they're fine. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. They're not only fine, they're actually better than you are. And you don't think they are. Paul said, to die is gain. They're more alive than you are. They're better looking than you are. They weigh less than you do. (laughs) Think what good looking I'm going to be when I get there. Amen, Corbin? I looked like that once when I was young. Amen? They're okay. They know who they are. They're self-aware, and they're with Jesus, and they're fine. The day's going to come that Jesus is going to say, hey, it's time to go get everybody else. The Bible says from heaven they will come with Jesus. Then their spirits, now they're not ghosts, their spirits will come first and their bodies will be resurrected. Now it doesn't matter if they were cremated. It doesn't matter where they were buried. Listen, my brother was cremated, okay? And part of him, they took part of his remains to New Mexico. His uh, widow has part of his remains, His two daughters have part of his remains. His grandson has part of his remains. And then part of his remains are buried where his headstone is. He's spread out all over. But when Jesus comes with him, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't care. Okay? He's going to have a glorified, resurrected, eternal, new body. The brand new model. Right? The brand new model. They're going to rise from the dead. Jesus is not going to touch the ground. It says he's going to come in the clouds. That doesn't mean it's going to be cloudy. It means the glory of God. He's going to stop. The angel's going to blow the trumpet. There's going to be a shout, and they're going to rise from the dead. Now, what do we find out? The word cemetery means barracks, and that's a military term. And a barrack is temporary housing for military. Men and women who are training for the military live in barracks while they're training to go fulfill their mission. Nobody lives in barracks permanently, correct? You don't stay in a barracks the whole time you're in the military, and then when you get out of the military, you don't stay in that barracks the rest of your life. It's temporary. The cemetery is temporary also. My father and mother's bodies are temporarily buried in Amarillo until resurrection morning. And they're going to be raised from the dead supernaturally. 
As sure as Jesus came the first time, he's coming the second time. There are more promises in the Bible about his second coming than about his first coming. You and I live in between the first and the second. It's called Advent. That's how what we celebrate at Christmas. What does it mean? It means we're waiting. See, Christmas is supposed to remind us, oh, yeah, you did what you said. And if you came once before and you said you would do it, you're going to come again because you said you would do it. We're in between that. They're going to be rise. Then instantly you're going to be transformed, and I'm going to be transformed. It says in the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to read it to you in just a minute, mortality will put on immortality in an instant. In an instant. And it says right there, I just read to you, we're going to be with the Lord for how long? Forever. All right, let me read you the next verse. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. How many of you like secrets? Nah, you're like, I ain't raising my hand. I'll get in trouble, right? I ain't doing that. Right? The King James says it's a mystery, like a puzzle. Let me reveal something to you that you've been wondering about. We will not all die. There will be a generation that won't die. The Bible says they'll be transformed. When is that going to happen, Pastor? I don't know. How close are we to it, Pastor? I don't know. The Bible says only the Father knows. Now listen, you win either way. You win either way. If you're here when Jesus comes, you'll be transformed in an instant and you won't die. If you live to be an old man and he doesn't come and you pass away, you still win. Either way, we get to be in the kingdom. Amen? There's no losing. Let me keep reading. It says it'll happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. That's those who've gone before us. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. The King James says that flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. See, I can't take this hunk of meat the way it is. It stinks. It's broken. Right? It says right here, what does it say? It says our bodies are dying. What does that mean? It's another word for age. Now, if you're under 30, you don't know what that means. Okay? Corbin's aging. You just can't tell yet. Right? I mean, he's young. I mean, if you're young, you know, it's like, well, you know, one of my mom's favorite verses was that this life is a vapor. And I used to think, what does that even mean? Now I know what it means. Okay, you're aging. Your body is getting older. Your body's decaying. But the Bible says this. The Bible says to not lose heart, that even though you're aging on the outside, on the inside, you're being renewed day by day. You're eternal on the inside. Listen, I'm 17 on the inside, and that should scare you, <laughs> especially when I'm behind the wheel, amen, or in the boat or in the razor. I'm 17 on the inside. My mother would always say she never felt old unless she looked in the mirror. What did she mean by that? Well, you know, I can tell you exactly what she meant. She's eternal on the inside. Listen, you're eternal on the inside. Whether your body is 11 years old or your body is 77 years old, or Vicky's dad's getting ready to be 90. Whether your body's 90 years old. Now, his body is old and wore out. He's 90 years old, but he's eternal on the inside. Listen, I'm right behind him, marching toward old and wore out. 
but I'm eternal on the inside. Listen to what it says. For our dying bodies, our aging bodies, must be transformed into bodies that will never die. My mortal body, body excuse me, will be transformed into an immortal body. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Listen, God has the last word. Death doesn't win. It seems like right now all that wins is death. Can I tell you something? I'm sick and tired of people dying. Are you? I'm sick of it. I'm sick to death of death. I don't want my brother to be dead. I don't want my sister-in-law to be dead. I don't want my mom and dad to be dead. I'm tired of it. Well, it's the last enemy that'll be destroyed. And God has the last word. And you and I and our loved ones are going to be united and restored forever. And God wins. I said God wins. Listen to this. Death, where is your victory? Death doesn't have any victory. No, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. What does that mean? Well, because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, death was loosed. Listen, you and I were never supposed to be like this. It wasn't supposed to be this way. The world isn't the way God intended. What did Kurt say? Kurt says the world is broken. Listen, but thank God. But thank God. Why thank God? Because he gives us victory over sin. He gives us victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is useless. I want you to understand the rapture. Jesus is coming for the church. We're going to be caught up, and we're going to be carried away to live with the Lord forever. I said last week things aren't getting bad. They're getting better. And I was talking about the world. Remember the Guiana worm? Yeah, did that scare you? It scared me, right? Remember the Guiana worm? Over a million people a year had it until the 80s, and now it's been eradicated, and only 30 people a year have it. It's good news. Now, I want to shift gears, and I want to talk to you about the church for just the few minutes that I have left. Listen, it's a great time to be a Christian. It's a great time to be in church. We live in a great time. Oh, I wish I lived in a different time. No, I don't. I live in a great time. Now, listen to some things about the church that will bless you and help you. The last 10 years in the world, 300 million people have received Jesus as their Savior. 300 million. That's good news. Listen to this. The Soviet Union, Russia, was under communist occupation for 70 years. Okay, we know that occupation, that oppression had ended since that time. A hundred million people in Russia are now Christians. That's more than all the communists combined at the height of the communist empire. There are more Christians. Who won? Well, God won, right? Now, they tried to keep God out. They tried to keep Jesus Christ out. They tried to keep it from happening, but they couldn't stop it. That's good news. God's moving, amen? Let me give you another one. In China, there are 80 million Christians in China. 30,000 people get saved a day in China. If you're worried about China, stop being worried. Oh, what's going to happen in China? I can tell you what's going to happen in China. God's going to take it over. 
Isn't it amazing? 30,000 people a day are receiving Jesus as their Savior. Let's talk about India. In India, 15,000 people a day get saved. 15,000 a day. The last one I want to talk to you about is Iran. What about Iran? Since 1980, more Muslims have received Christ as your, their Savior than in the last thousand years combined. Isn't that amazing? That, that blows my mind. Now let's bring it home. Thir a little over 30 years ago, this church didn't exist. This building was not here. This was a field. But God raised up this church through what was called the charismatic movement in the 70s and 80s. And God has raised up thousands of churches across the world, just like our church, just like Tulia Christian Fellowship. There's a church in Dallas, Texas called Gateway. 30 years ago, it wasn't there. And today they have 30,000 members. Okay, there's a pastor named Craig Groeschel. Some of you may have heard of him. He has a church with multiple campuses called Life Church. They have 200 services a weekend. 200 services a weekend. Listen, we've seen more people saved in Toya Christian Fellowship in the last 10 years than we have the 22 years before that. We started in 1987, and so we've, had, we've been here like 32 years. The last 10 years, we've seen more people find Christ as their Savior than the 22 years before it combined. Listen, we're, we're, we're bigger than we've ever been in the history of our church, all right? We have a new Thursday night service, and we have two services on Sunday morning, and we have more people come through our doors than we've ever had come through our doors before. Now, you may be in one of these services, and even like this morning, you look around, and you think, well, this place isn't full. It's not full by design. That's why we added a third service. You see, we had two drinking glasses full of water, and one was called 9, and one was called 1045. So we got a third drinking glass called Thursday at 7. Okay? And it was empty. And we took some 9 o'clock and poured in there, and we took some 1045 and poured in there. And we made some room. Okay? That's why there's room in here this morning. That's why there's room in the 9 o'clock service. Not because there's less people, but because there's more people and there's more services. So we have three services a week, and we're reaching more people than we've ever reached in the history of this church since 1987. Now, let's add in Power Kids, and let's add Ground Zero. Okay, we had to buy a building down the street for our kids' ministry. Not a room, a building. Yeah, amen. We bought a building, all right? And every single week, we have our own full-blown children's church service. Then every single Wednesday night right in here is Ground Zero, and this is full of teenagers, and down there is full of kids. So we have five services a weekend. Not a weekend. Good Lord, thank you, Jesus. That probably shouldn't, I shouldn't have even said that. Kurt, I'm sorry. Yeah, five services a weekend. We have five services a week. We have junior, a junior high and high school, Grand Zero. We have power kids. We're having Thursday night, and then we're having two services on Sunday. We have five services a week. And we're reaching over 500 people a week right here in Tulia, Texas, right here in Swisher County, where there are more cows than people. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Right down from my house, there's more cows than people. Amen? There are more cows in this county than people. What am I saying? 
I'm saying that God is not only moving in the world, not only are we seeing medical advances and all the things that are going on there, God is moving in the church. This is a great time to be a Christian. It's a great time to be alive. God's doing things in India. He's doing things in China. He's doing things in Africa. He's doing things in Iran. He's doing things in America. In the 80s, this church wasn't even here. It wasn't even, it wasn't even conceived. So all I want you to do this morning is be encouraged. When's Jesus coming? I don't know. But you know what I'm going to do? We're going to work till he gets here. Amen? And if he doesn't come for a while, I'm going to go home. Right? If he doesn't come for 100 years, we're all going home. Either way, God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. Whether it's Ground Zero, Power Kids, Men's Ministry, we're taking more men than we've ever taken this year. We rented an, an entire hotel the whole darn thing because we got so many men going. Kurt and I just got back from Jesus Chapel Retreat in Riedosa, New Mexico, and we've been going for 20 years to that retreat. It's a Christian high school from El Paso, Texas, and they have students from El Paso. They have students that live in Juarez that cross the border every single day to come to school. Us, right here, me and you, us, we're reaching kids in El Paso. We're reaching kids in Juarez, and we've been doing it for 20 years. We're reaching staff. We're reaching teachers. We're reaching kids, and we're reaching families, and we've been doing it for 20 years. You didn't know we had a mission in El Paso, did you? You didn't know we had a mission in Mexico, but we're reaching those kids. Not me, not Kurt, us, us. I got to go because of y'all. I got to go because you sent me. When I was there, I was representing you and your families, and we brought them the gospel. The first night, we had kids receive Jesus as their Savior. And there's all kinds of kids there. One girl who's a staff member, a staff member, her parents' home was being repossessed while she was there. And she's telling me about it. Another girl that we've ministered to in the past, her mom was a Christian and her dad was a Muslim. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story of kids in their lives. And folks, you and I get the privilege of ministering to them. Thank y'all. Thank you for giving. Thank you for praying. Thank you for serving. It's a great time to be a Christian. It's a great time to be in church. It's a great time to be a part of what God's doing. He's going to wrap this thing up someday. We're going to go home, and we're going to be with the Lord forever. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy, fullness of joy. It's going to be so good.